You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. It's Tuesday, so as always, it's time for It's My Money. And this week, from Brenthurst Wealth, which incidentally was voted in 2020 as South Africa's top boutique wealth manager, with me from Brenthurst Wealth this week is Jahan Berger. And Jahan, we talk about old people quite a lot. And we talk about, you know, people just coming up to retirement time and have they been saving for long enough, etc. But what you've come up with this week is a topic which says the following, young adults and what they should do with their investments. It's almost as though you're preempting what might happen in the future when you get a little bit older and you haven't saved enough by starting with the youth. And it's terribly, terribly important. What made you think of this? Yeah, we're currently in a situation, first of all, hello, Lindsay. We're in a situation where, yes, we deal with a lot of the elderly, um, retirement money and people that worked X amount of years and now they need income from their investments. Um, and one of the biggest things we realize on a daily basis, people don't save enough. They don't have enough knowledge um, to do the right thing at an early age. And the best thing you can do from an investment point of view is to start early and do the right thing. So that's the one scenario. The other thing is we, we're currently living not just in South Africa, in a world where things are unstable, uncertain. You don't know where you're going to live. You don't know where you're going to work. Um, and people tend to, to move quite a bit. Um, it's not the same as, let's say, 30, 40 years where people start a particular job um, and they stay there for 20, 30 years. Um, so things are quite different. Um Yes, it's COVID, but the world is a lot smaller nowadays. So yet, it is vitally important for young people uh, to make the right and correct decisions from an early age. And one of the things you say in your bullet points, which you kindly sent me, you say, should they invest, that's young people, should they invest in pension funds? If you said to my son, who's 27 years old, who's just about to start his investing career, if you said to him, I think you should have a look at a, a pension fund, he'd probably say, no, I want to go for a cryptocurrency or I want to invest in Tesla or something like that. It's not exactly the most enticing prospect, a pension fund. You're going to have to sell it to them. Yes, absolutely. And first of all, um, I think young people, and it all it all depends on person to person, but a lot of young people, in my opinion, should not invest in a pension fund. Um, and, and maybe a lot of people will raise their eyebrows in terms of the, the comment I just made, but there's a reason for it. Um, in South Africa, your money is fixed until the age of 55. Um, and once again, I mentioned earlier that Young people tend to move, maybe they're current in South Africa, maybe two years, five years down the line, they might be in, in Europe, or Australia, or wherever they find opportunities. Um, so you don't want to fix your um, income in a particular currency, so that's the first scenario, and tied up until the age of 55. Um, the other problem in South Africa is that we have a certain regulation, 28 in our pension funds, where the government indicates to you how you should invest your money. Um, And for younger people, you just mentioned that younger people would like to invest like companies like Tesla or type of tech companies. But South Africans are only allowed to have 30% exposure to those type of investments or offshore investments. Yes. And a 30% into growth stocks versus, let's say, a 100% in liquid money where you can invest the money where you would like 
could make a massive difference over 20, 30 years' time. Um, so that's the reason I would say to a lot of young individuals, rather opt for liquid investments. Um, pension funds are great because you will get a tax deduction, um, but a lot of young kids starting to work, they don't earn a great, so that that tax deduction won't make a massive difference in any way. Rather, to keep your investments liquid, you can invest it in any type of currency um, and then most importantly in any type of asset class of your liking. Well, just answer me this question, if you would, Johan. Let's say that um, a, a young person, uh, mid to late 20s, wanted to invest in a pension fund and had a look at it and said, OK, that needs to be a small part of my portfolio. But on the other hand, would you say to him or her, actually, what you should do is get into a, a unit trust because you are taking on risk and you're young enough to take on that risk because if the risk goes wrong, then you can always make it up because you're so young. It's an obvious scenario. But would the tax benefits of a pension fund outdo what the, for example, a fourth generation a tech fund would do? In other words, the fourth generation tech fund, industrial fund, whatever it is, would do very well. Maybe it would make 25% a year over two or three years. But on the other hand, it's taxed because it's a, an offshore unit trust. I haven't explained it very well, but I think you see where I'm going here. Yeah, I think, I think first of all, you need to establish the, the objective of that young adult. Um, a lot of people might say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to remain in South Africa. I like it here. I'm going to work here, have a decent job. Um, and for them, it might be a, a possibility to invest a portion with emphasis, a portion of their income in a pension fund. A lot of individuals will also be forced, according to their company, to invest in a pension fund. Um, but for most individuals, um, yes, there will be uncertainty um, whether those fourth industrial or the tech stocks will do as great as, let's say, the last 10, 15 years. That's actually not the whole scenario. It's also about the flexibility of your investment. So let's say you are 27, 28 years you invest most of your money in a pension fund. You don't have um, other disposable income to invest. All your investments in one particular vehicle. Now, five years, ten years down the line, you would like to, let's say, immigrate um, or take your money. The process of getting your hands on that is a very difficult and costly um, tax experience that you would have to go through. Um, so it all depends on your objectives. Um, if you're still fairly young, I believe in liquidity. I believe in um, investments with um, higher growth possibilities. So you are um, able to take risk. Um, and unfortunately, from a South African point of view, currently the value sits offshore. Um, we face, we are faced in South Africa with very difficult um, political circumstances, economic circumstances. So in a way, it makes sense to get most of your investments in offshore growth assets. Okay. The second point you make after should they invest in pension funds, which we've spent a lot of time on. The second is what should they consider? I think you've covered that. And uh, let's go now then to the process of taking money offshore. We've covered this so many times, but we cannot, we cannot ignore the fact that it changes almost on a day-to-day -day basis when it comes to regulations. And also it changes because of market 
economic conditions, but the process of taking money offshore, how would you explain it to a young person? Yeah, first of all, there are two options to have exposure to offshore. I will um, touch on the, the process to take money offshore now. So if you take money directly offshore, most of the companies have a certain minimum amount. Let's say it's in the region of $20,000. Now, not a great deal of youngsters have that disposable income to say, well, let's just take a quick $20,000 and invest it offshore. Yeah. So in order for them to to create a portfolio and have exposure to offshore assets and you can do it in a tax-free savings account where you can invest on a monthly basis or a lump sum amount. The maximum is unfortunately 36,000 rand per annum, but you can invest there and you have, and you can have full offshore exposure. And the, the great thing about the tax-free savings, it's to- totally tax-free. No capital gains tax, no interest uh, tax. So that is my first scenario I will start with youngsters to create a tax-free savings account. Then there might be individuals where either they inherited money or they saved, let's say, uh, amount for the last 10 years. Um, the process is each individual, less than 1 million can you take offshore without tax clearance. If it's more than that, you have to apply for tax clearance, an additional 10 million. Once again, not a great deal of South Africans can do that. But if you're in that position, um, let's say any amount less than 1 million, it's an easy, fairly or fairly easy pro- process. Mm-hmm. Um, you convert your rands to dollars, for example, and you invest the money directly out of the hands of South Africa into offshore markets. So what you do is you go to your commercial bank, one of the big four or five, and you just say, okay, I'm going to send this money overseas. Do you have to contact the South African Reserve Bank or do you just go to your your banker or I don't think they have personal bankers any anymore these days unless it's an investment bank. And anyway, if it's less than a million, you send it out there and set up an account overseas. Is that what is that how it works, Jan? That's that's pretty much at Brentus, for example, and I think most advisor firms will will have, will have that ability. But we do at Brentus, we we will take care of that whole process. Yes, there will be documentation, um, but yes, we handle that. Um, we handle the process where we open an account where the amount will be transferred. We contact the client to discuss the rate. For example, currently the rate is, let's say, 15 rand 20, mm. um, we'll, um, and ask the client, is he happy with that rate? And once the client is happy, you fix the rate, it gets converted to dollars, for example, and the money gets paid into an offshore account. So it's a very fairly easy process and once again i think a lot of people are kind of scared to do it because they don't know where to start um it it sounds very very difficult but in all honesty it's quite easy to do and brent just handles the whole process what about the tax when it goes for example to the united kingdom or to the united states of america when people see this money landing in your account it's okay it's a in many people's eyes, it's a very small amount of money, uh, but to the person concerned, it's significant. Let's say it's a 999,000 rand. Do you then have to declare that? I mean, does the jurisdiction to which you're sending it charge you tax? No. As a South African, you are taxed on your worldwide income. So let's say you use the example of, let's say, 100,000 rand that gets invested offshore, 
but all of a sudden this investment is in dollars, for example. Now mm. this investment grows, that will trigger or create a capital gain um, in the portfolio. And the same as South African investments, in fact, like all investments, um, you will get a tax certificate that you would have to provide to SARS indicating the capital gains tax on an annual basis that you created in that portfolio. So very, very exactly the same as your South African investments. Um, this is just a dollar-based investment. Okay, now I understand that. Now, uh, I think a lot of the young people, um, should they be listening to this, will understand a little bit more about what they should be doing. And uh, right at the beginning, you said, do the right thing, which is a great phrase. I don't know whether this is a financial or a personal question right at the end. You say, what's the future for young South Africans? And I don't know if you mean that socioeconomically or just financially. What do you mean by what is the future for young South Africans? Yeah, I think a lot of, and the reason I mentioned this is because they, a lot of South Africans could say if a particular person indicates, oh, you might moving or might be moving overseas or you don't want your investments in South Africa, why don't you just take your bags and leave South Africa? Maybe you have something against South Africa. And in all honesty, that is not the case. I think South Africa is a brilliant country. The weather is fantastic. The people are nice. But we have to face reality. We are faced with certain um, challenges. Um, and for young people, um, it's, qu it's going to be quite difficult to find a particular job in a, let's say, at a particular institution. I, I personally believe there's a lot of things youngsters can do um, by starting their own things. Yes, it is a challenge, but there's a, there are a great deal of opportunities in South Africa. But you can live, the point I'm trying to make is you can live in South Africa and enjoy the standard of living, enjoy the people, enjoy the great weather, but it doesn't mean your investments has to be in South Africa. That's the point I'm trying to make. You can enjoy everything in South Africa, but try and get your investments offshore. Very good advice, Johan. Thank you so much for your time. That's Johan Berger, who's a certified financial planner at Brentos Wealth, based in Pretoria. It's My Money was brought to you by Brentos Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.